Hi, everybody. We're doing the next in the Spencer Group's podcast series with leaders in both education and pharmaceutical technology. We, for those who don't know us, are a specialist search boutique operating globally in both education and pharma tech. Today, I'm with James, who I've known for some significant period of time. In fact, I tracked him through the latter of his 13 years at RM um, and then supported him in his transition across to AET which I am very happy to say has gone extremely well as he's been promoted from CDIO to COO very rapidly as he moves across. For those who don't know James, he's not only got a profile within the Matt community, but he's also a tech writer in his own right and also a chair of a leading ed tech forum. Hello, James. Hello, Julian. James, how do you feel the move from a commercial ed tech environment has set you up for success in the public sector AET environment? I think, I think firstly, I was very, very, very kind of uh, fortunate to, whilst only have ever worked for one employer prior to making the transition, had lots of different roles, mm. operational roles, commercial roles, uh, sales roles, product roles, and most critically, perhaps, customer roles where I was dealing with schools, yeah. but very much corporate. And, in terms of setting me up, what I found in, in coming into the mat sector was just an acknowledgement that mats are immature by their very nature. I don't mean that disrespectfully. No. It's just the reality that any mat is only 13 years old at most. Yeah. And so that, that, that kind of grounding of all of those different roles and that different experience in the commercial sector translated really well to the reality of mats across the country now, which is they are becoming more mature, but they, they really benefit from that. That, that, that grounding of you know, what works well, how do we become mature? How do we start to apply some of that commercial grounding uh, in what is now you know, increasingly more uh, stable environments that the mats find themselves in? Yes. Interesting word, stable and mats, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for another day. <laughs> um, how did you find that transition? Because you've come from publicly listed organization would don't get me wrong rm had many challenges and many transitions but then coming out of that and into uh, that public environment yeah i i won't lie it was it was, it was challenging in that regard yeah. to go from a quite a stable environment in that, that i had for, for many a year and to go into as i've described a kind of less mature environment yes. um had with its challenges i think the first thing i'd say is what really drove me to make the change felt like it came really, really quickly. And that, and that for me was getting closer to the action, if you like, getting closer to impacting children, um, having a real, uh, making a real difference. And so I felt that from, from day one. Um, very, very quickly, a secondary factor came in, which is I can add value here. Yeah. Um, and certainly in the first instance, that was around the tech space, just applying some of those you know, foundational skills I'd acquired over my years and almost taken for granted. Uh, it became really obvious I could I could apply that very quickly. I was very fortunate to inherit a set of disparate teams um, that the AT had for with regards to technology, but I don't think that's unusual across trusts. No. They hadn't considered tech in a strategic way, so I was very quickly able to do that, um, and that was yeah, very satisfying, I must say. Yeah, and that will I'm sure have helped you get the rapid promotion that you've had because you came in as what CDIO in a very disparate changing environment. You came in as a transition point as Julian was coming out um, and yet what within 12, 
18 months, you were then moved up into a wider chief operator role. Yeah, um, extremely grateful for the opportunities that have been presented as a result of that. I think it does, it does very much link in that I found reasonably quickly that the opportunities I had to add value in the tech space yeah. translated really quite well to other areas that the trust was getting to grips with, wider operational areas. Um, I won't lie to you, there was quite a lot of leaning in, as I, as I refer to in my <laughs> yes. first 12 months. So I am naturally the kind of person that will not let, let things lie. So where I saw opportunities that went beyond the tech sphere um, in the way we run our wider operations, I lent into those. Yeah. And so that helped in, in kind of easing the way. It wasn't a just a sudden change from the CIO to the COO piece. Um, but, but, but naturally, and it seems really obvious to say it now, the translation of what works well in creating a, a stable tech service to setting out a really clear strategy, to being really clear about how the investments work, th that translates really well to all the other things we do as a trust, you know, whether that be our premises and estate strategy, the way in which we, we think about procurement, legal, um, the, way, the way we do things like other shared services, catering, cleaning, etc. Yeah, they, they all benefit from those you know, kind of solid principles of how you, you run a good organisation. Did in part some of that also play into the fact you were bringing together these very disparate groups? And I can say because I'm external, partly dysfunctional groups, um, and were able to demonstrate your ability to bring them into a cohesive team. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think um, one of the things I've, I've really enjoyed over the last 18 months is recognising that it's, it is such a large organisation, the Trust, but it's complex in its very nature. Yeah. And so um, for all the best business process in the world, you've got to think about people, you've got to think about engagement. And so bringing that cohesion between the operational services in particular has been really satisfying because you're able to apply um, you know, the skills you developed over your career in terms of engaging with people, but use it in a really flexible way. Uh, for example, we're engaging with people that work in a central team. You're engaging with people that work in regional teams yes. and you're engaging with people that work on the ground day in, day out in schools and just being really empathetic to that and how they have things in common, how they work across different services. Uh, that, that for me is why it just has been, has been, I wouldn't call it an easy ride, but, but a, a real kind of easy, fluid motion of kind of creating that operational team. It's felt like the natural thing to do. That's probably what I'd say. Yeah, the natural evolution as you apply, as you say, your, that wider commercial understanding that you've always developed. It's still, it's one hell of a transformation to go from one side to the other. And remember, you've only been in one place. Um, now, obviously, I'm biased on the next question, but how would you describe the recruitment process of your ability to make that transition? <laughs> Um, it's something I talk about quite a lot, actually, because it stays with me. I mean, <coughs> you, you'll recall we were at the back end of the, the pandemic. Yes. Um, so that, that's a factor in this. But um, I mean, the first word that springs to mind is intense. It was intense. Yes. But necessarily so. Yeah. Um, and when I use the word intense, I feel like I should add a second word, which is, is enjoyable. Yeah. I felt like when we came out the back of it, yeah. um, I deserved the role. <laughs> yes. And, 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 I, and I say that um, as testament to the process because I felt, I, I did feel tested. Yeah. Um, I felt challenged. I felt um, like I really understood the role as well. Um, I really, really wanted the role at the start. Yeah. But by the end, I, 
I would have bitten somebody's arm off for it. I, yeah. I, it really got me engaged to the point that through every step of the process, I felt I learned a bit more. I felt I became more engaged. It did feel two way. Yes. But 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 I but but I was being challenged and tested to the point that it wasn't just a case of, am I right for AET? Yeah. Is is it is AET right for me? And um, by heck, by the end, I really felt it. Yeah, really felt well. So that's something that's fundamental to us that we. From a head-to-head point of view, we always talk about the fact that it's a level playing field. In my view, if you're an applicant, it isn't. If you're going out looking for a job, you're in sales mode to the organisation trying to get a position. But when you're being headhunted, this is really even. Right? You know, they are evaluating you, but the individual is evaluating them just as much. And we work with our clients to make sure they understand that need. Um, that they are in engagement mode, but also in evaluation, and it's both sides. Um, and don't get me wrong, some of that was help. I still think Julian's extremely good at that. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong, he's a, he flies very well at 30,000 feet, and he gets everybody put into that, that vision. And then we put a panel process around you, um, and the process that made it, it had true rigor. Yeah. Um, and it was really close run, yeah. right the way down to the end. It was close. You, you, you did earn that opportunity without, without doubt. I remember the first conversation I had with Julian after we come through the process, and he described it as a Grand Slam tennis match, which really yeah. was, it was a lovely feeling that it, it, you know, it, it felt genuine throughout the process that this was, it was competitive, yes. it was intense. Um, and like I say, that made you feel all the more deserving of it. Yeah. I think the other thing I would add, though, is is what I really enjoyed about the process uh, was that I felt supported throughout as well by the Spence Group, which is, I think, a really subtle thing. Now I reflect on it is, is worth acknowledging that I have no doubt that support was you know, kind of uh, equitably given yes. to all candidates. But I felt like I really, really had a kind of one to one contact with Emily that I was dealing with at Spence Group and 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 that she was with me on the journey, yes. um, which is a really lovely feeling and incredibly skillful when now I think back on it because I was obviously being tested by Emily and the Spence Group at points. Yes. And, and to be on the same side <coughs> through that journey um, is incredible and, and a real balance to achieve, I must say. Yes, because we, we are independent or arbiters throughout, but we are also helping client inform throughout. So yeah, you, it's, a, it's an interesting line to walk. Yeah, really is. Thanks for your time and uh, coming and see us. I greatly appreciate it. And I am a true supporter. I think you've done amazing things and have an opportunity to do very significantly greater things, not only within AET, but beyond. I'm really grateful. Thank you for having me. And, and thank you once again. feels like this is the least I could do in, in, in thanks for all the support Spence Group have shown through not just getting me the role, but, but staying in touch since. It's been fantastic. Thank you.